The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you get your podcasts. Repeat after me. I, Kevin, take you, Susan. I, Kevin, take you, Susan. It's a Jamie from Progressive. Jamie. No, it's all right. I can talk. Progressive protects you 24-7, which means you can contact us anytime. Hmm. I'm getting a loud shh sound, so I'm going to talk louder. What can I help you with today? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Progressive can do that. Ugh, there's that noise again. Hold on. Let me put you on speaker. Contact us 24-7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Covered subject to policy terms. This is Stacking the Box with NFL Insider Matt Berteram and Mark Carmen. Welcome in Stacking the Box, week one, the first Sunday in the books. Matt Verderam, uh, can I have my Mitchell Trubisky Chicago Bears meltdown now, or would you like me to wait on that? Uh, wait on it a little, because we're <laughs> going to talk about him, and I'm sure it's going to be fun. Yeah, so we're going to start with the 49ers and the Eagles and the Colts all getting upset. Which was your biggest surprise? Uh... I think I'd have to say the Eagles. Um, I think the Eagles are good. Like I, I picked them to win the division, so I I have to go with Philly, especially if you consider the context of it. They were up seventeen nothing in the game. The game effectively looked over. They were rolling up and down the field. Dwayne Haskins looked atrocious. Uh, th- there was no reason to think that that game was going to get away from Philadelphia. And then not only did it get away, like, it really got away. They ended up getting somewhat blown out of the game. Uh, so, for me, it was Philadelphia. I'm not shocked Arizona won. Arizona, I think, is going to be good this year. And I think the Niners are are good, but not quite as good as, as they were a year ago. Uh, and then the, the Colts, I'm a Chiefs fan. I've watched Philip Rivers do that for 15 years. So, <laughs> like, I thought they'd win. I picked them to win. But I'm not stunned at all that he threw for a million yards and they never punted, and he threw a bunch of picks, and they lost again. So I would agree with you, by the way, on the Washington football team, especially when you consider it was 17-zip. But, I mean, I, I think it, in one of our podcasts leading up to the season, we were speculating on who would be the worst team in football. I think I took Washington. I'm pretty certain I did. Um, I know I didn't take Jacksonville, and I, which I'm proud of because I want to underline my guy Gardner Minshew had a big day today. He played pretty good. He, hey, he played well. 20. He, he played well last year. Like, I, people, people are sleeping on Gardner. He's incredibly likable. And I, I know he doesn't, he's not the 6'4 guy. And we'll eventually get to Josh Allen, who I thought played a great football game today and, and looks better than he did last year. But the, the, the Washington football team pulling that off on the Eagles was huge. But, you know, what made me happiest on the upsets, if, if we're talking about the Niners being an upset, which obviously it was. Uh, to me, the Kyler Murray DeAndre Hopkins connection, just seeing that instantly in game one, what do they connect 13 times? That is uh, that's a nice 
that's a nice little thing that Arizona's fans are going to have for a while here. Those two are going to going to make a lot of music together. Yeah, 14 catches, 151, almost a touchdown. In fact, they called it a touchdown. They took it off the board. Um, yeah, they played really well. And and Murray, yeah, he – I know we've talked about this. I know we kind of agree on this. Like, he's an interesting, if you want to get a dark horse MVP candidate. Now, he wasn't great throwing the ball in this game. Okay, 230 yards, 5.8 yards in attempt, touchdown, a pick. Like that, that's, that's average stuff. But he ran for 91 yards in the game. That's – He's That's a problem, a lot man. Of excess yardage, and I know that he can win from the pocket because I've seen him do it. He's not just the guy who's going to take off at the drop of the hat. So I know where he can win in that spot. And, and let's be frank, too. He had to run today. The Niners have a really good front. The Cardinals can't block anybody. So kudos to Murray for getting out of the pocket, extending the play. They're going to be good. I, I don't know how how good. I don't know if they're going to be nine and seven good or eleven and five good. They're going to be fun. They held the Niners to 20 points. I know the Niners are all kinds of banged up at wide receiver. But Murray got the job done. The Cardinals got the job done. That's a big win to start the year. On the road, defending NFC champs, in the division, and you get that victory. Kudos to excuse me, kudos to the Cardinals, who played a very good game and walk away the winners. You say on the road. What was your like overall reaction just to watching games today? It was different. Um, as, as just uh, from a fan's perspective, I – I didn't mind it. You know, look, I, I, I miss the fans like anybody else. I miss, I miss the noise. I miss the, the energy that comes with that. Um, but it still felt like watching NFL football. Like I, it didn't – and maybe part of that is now, you know, we've been watching – at least I've been watching baseball now for a couple of months and kind of used to it. Um, I thought it was okay. I, I think they could do some things better with the ambient noise in the background. I think they could maybe pump it up a little bit maybe try to match it up a little bit better with the plays, but I was okay with it. I thought it looked great. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. As far as just being a fan watching the game, I didn't miss the fans at all as much as I, I love you football fans. But uh, I, I do – it's – like as far as home field or anything like that, that's out the window. So I, I think it's, it's, it's going to be a different year. I, I think – I'd be remiss if we don't bring up what happened in Kansas City on Thursday night. Uh, your Chiefs getting a win, and Mahomes playing a very conservative game and putting up huge numbers. But the, the story, of course, is what happened before the game. I, you, you put some comments out on Twitter about yep. it, Matt. Yeah, look, um, as far as the game goes real quick, yeah, the, the Chiefs, they looked like they should have. They were dominant. They pretty much went wire to wire. Once they got down 7 nothing. they scored 31 straight points. You're right, Mahomes really – I mean, he didn't have to do anything. They, uh, it, it, was, was, it was kind of funny. And we'll get to these two teams later, so I, I won't go uh, all the way into it. But there was like a role reversal with them and the Ravens this weekend, which is kind of interesting. Um, but look, before the game, yeah, you're right. I, you know, for anyone who obviously didn't see it, I'm sure they know at this point. There were some boos in Arrowhead Stadium. Certainly wasn't the whole crowd, but it was enough that it was audible on television. And yeah, it's a disgrace. Um, 
I don't care. Like this whole idea that it's political, it's not political. Let's just stop. It has nothing to do with politics. Look, these guys are using a platform that they have. Okay. And I, I, look, I'll, I'll mix this into my personal life. So over the weekend, there was uh, a, a baseball slash you know, football card show in Rockford. And I decided to go. And I was buying some, some football cards and whatnot. And this, this gentleman I was talking to was a nice, you know, nice guy. We had a good conversation. And he asked me what I do for a living. I told him. And he said, oh, how do you feel about writing about social justice all the time? And I said, I, I really don't write about it very much, I, but it doesn't bother me when I do write about it. I don't care. And he you know, proceeded to tell me how it does bother him. He doesn't like it. Um, and, you know, I, we had a good exchange of ideas. M my eventual point to him was, you know, because I guess I should say, he brought up to me, well, if you went into Macy's and bought a pair of jeans, how would you like it if, if that person told you who to vote for? And I said, well, Nobody's said, first of all, no one's telling you to vote for. Second of all, no one's telling you how you need to feel. They're telling you how they feel. And third of all, the person at Macy's doesn't have a platform. Nobody cares what the person at Macy's thinks. Like, it's not the same thing. And to say that it is, is, is to have an intellectually dishonest conversation. So it's a waste of everybody's time. And look, in Kansas City, if you don't like it, fine. And sit there silently. You don't need to boo. It's 30 seconds. Get over yourselves. You're the defending world champions in your building. You'll be okay. Yeah, go to the bathroom and get a beer. You're fine. Right, right. If that if that's what you do during the anthem, by the way, all the time. Correct. You're fine. And for those who are making comments like that, dude, look, we get it. There is no acceptable form of protest. You don't. There's nothing that they could do uh, that that would be okay in your world, and so. Uh, like, don't act like it's because it, there, there's just nothing. If if you if you're bothered by dudes standing together in a show of unity, uh, well, then uh, you know obviously I, at some point you got to look in the mirror a little bit. Well, All right, bet. No, you know I I'll, I just want to wrap real quick on that. You know yeah. what? Because I I wanted to actually say this. So you you bringing it up is is perfect. Um, the one thing that it showed is that the angst over everything that's happened since Colin Kaepernick knelt. In, actually in San Diego uh, four years ago. The, the locking of arms getting booed at Arrowhead showed you and showed everybody this has never been about the flag. It's never been about the military. It's never been about the anthem because this happened during none of those things and they still got booed. So the idea that while well, we're booing because you're, you're disrespecting the flag or the anthem or the military is now complete crap. It's obvious. If, if it wasn't already, it is now blatantly obvious that you're not upset because of that if you're upset, right? There's, there's obviously more things going on. So I, at least, if nothing else, it, it displayed the hypocrisy of the idea that, well, we're only upset, that the minority that is upset, we're only upset because it's disrespecting a certain segment of the country. No, you're not. You're, you're upset because you have to listen to someone else's point of view and you don't like it. And that, that's the real reality of it. Right. I watched the, you know, the Lions and the Bears anthem today and some were kneeling, some were standing, some were stoic, some were crying. It was, I got a little emotional watching it. I mean, the guy that the dude was crying was one of the Alliance assistant coaches. He, he had, you know, white guy tears in his eyes, the whole thing. And I'm like, this is a powerful moment. And, and, and people are doing it in their own way. Like I didn't, 
you want to stand, you want to kneel, you want to do whatever you want to do. Like uh, I saw what Jared Goff was getting killed because he was standing and there was maybe three of his black teammates to his left and three to his right. And they were like, this is terrible. It's no, 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 man. Like, Hey, look, he, he doesn't, he he was locked arms with them. He was just like, let people have their moment in it. And it's actually, to me, it's, uh, I don't know. I, I, I actually found it uplifting that, that everybody was expressing themselves in different ways. And it was to me like reeked of like, Oh wow, this is sweet America. I know that people don't, you know, whatever they, they don't want to get hit over the head with it and stuff like that. But I, I actually, I just, from my st- standpoint, I enjoyed it. I thought it was sweet. Um, and powerful. All right, let's get back to the f- the field here. Let's do it. Let's do it. Saint, Saints and Bucks. You know, Brady's getting some flack today, you know, right now, and he, he will all week. I didn't think he looked bad at all. I really didn't. Even even on the pick six, like, the, he, he dropped in a bunch of dimes. The, the arm speed still looks there. They're playing the Saints. Drew wasn't great, but what was your takeaway? Uh, I <laughs> – I thought both teams looked bad offensively, just flat out kind of stale. Uh, now, it depends on on your perspective. Is it because they have a combined age of 84? Or is it because Brady's never played a game with the Bucs? And Drew Brees obviously has plenty of continuity in New Orleans, but he just simply didn't quite have it. I kind of come down on this in the middle, which I know doesn't make for great radio, so to speak. But the – the reality is that Breeze has not thrown the ball down the field now for a while. He's been kind of a dink and dunk guy. Lord knows he still has the, the, the club in the bag if he needs it. But he's not been that guy for a while. Brady last year could not throw the ball with a lot of zip outside the numbers. Now, that was a concerning thing. He didn't do it again week one here. He throws the pick six on a throw like that, an outbreaking route. He underthrew it. It gets picked off and run back for a touchdown by Jenkins. By the way, dating back to last year, Third game in a row, Brady's thrown a pick six. So not not great. The last quarterback to do that, Blaine Gaffert. It, it's not an ideal situation that, that Brady is losing a little bit of touch on a team where he needs to throw the ball outside and down the field. That's that's going to be their bread and butter. Because Look, Rob Gronkowski, that's all fine while he's on the team. He had two catches and was a hood ornament in this game. He, yeah, he's not, he like, the idea that Rob Gronkowski is going to come back in a 1,500 yards is just insane. That is not going to happen. It's never going to happen. So I was underwhelmed. Look, for the Saints, if you're a Saints fan, you're fine. You won the game. You move on. You're 1-0. Didn't seem like any big injuries. If you're a Bucks fan, look, it's a loss in New Orleans. It's not the end of the world. My bigger concern would be is that the offense did not look good. Brady looked like he was laboring to get the ball outside. And at 43 years old, that may not just be a rusting. That might be an I'm 43 years old type of thing. And maybe I'm being too optimistic. And I, there's also part of me that's like, and I saw our guy Josh Hill tweeting about like, can this be real that, you know, Tom Brady and the Bucks and all that. Yeah, it's real. And he's near death. So it's like vintage Tampa Bay that that's when you get him. But I, I'm still like, he's has a history of starting season slow. The Patriots, how many times did they go one and two and win the Super Bowl? I'm not saying the Buccaneers are going to do that, but I didn't see a Tom Brady, t- at least in my opinion, that is completely dead. His, his stats are are not, you know, a couple of picks, a couple of touchdowns, QBR 34.6. No, none of that is going to make anybody happy. But I, I still think that there's there's something in the tank here, Vertoram. That's all I'm saying. I, I wouldn't completely I, bury him. I wouldn't completely bury him either, but I, I think that the, the Brady of old is essentially not coming back. Doesn't mean he's not going to be 
decent or good, but the reality is that the Buccaneers is or the Buccaneers are are expecting him to be really good, and fans are certainly looking at Super Bowl expectations. He needs to play better, but like it's week one. It's week one. You don't want to overreact to the point of insanity. He didn't play well. Let's give it a week and see what he looks like in week two. But against New Orleans, he did not have a good game. And, and so he's got to regroup. He's got to continue to get more and more familiar with his teammates. He will do that. Okay, he's, he's the greatest quarterback of all time. He's not just going to completely fall off the face of the earth. Next week, they play the Panthers at home. The Panthers basically have 11 guys on defense who are, who are 20 some odd years old. And young. I mean, they are so incredibly young. I would expect Brady has a very good game next week. And for Saints fans out there, you did not look like the favorites in the NFC. But again, same deal, early. Right. But but they really didn't. No, they didn't, they didn't look great. They looked, they looked average. Yeah. Green Bay, on the other hand, we'll get to them in a second here. But uh, big day for, for, for Aaron and company and, and, my, and my dark horse MVP pick for Graham. Uh, but let's talk, uh, let's talk about Baltimore and uh, Lamar coming out rolling here, just pounding Cleveland 38 to 6, three touchdowns, 20 to 25, and a little down the field action that you were alluding to which was uh, you know a little bit different you don't, you don't see a ton of that from Lamar but and but he also ran it seven times for 45 yards which he ran late in the game too when you're up by a ton protect your guy there he doesn't even need to be on the field let alone scampering down taking on hits that was ridiculous yeah listen, I was really impressed with Lamar is anyone who listens to this podcast knows I like Lamar Jackson, but my biggest concern and my biggest criticism of him has long been that he does not throw the ball well outside the numbers and deep down the field on a consistent basis. He did that today. He played really, really well. 80% completion rate. I watched the game. Uh, he was very effective. Beautiful deep ball to Marquise Brown in the second quarter. Hit him in stride. It was a, it was a fantastic throw. Maybe the best throw I saw um, in the early window of the games. So right up there with some of Rodgers' dimes. So I was impressed. They didn't run the ball particularly well by their standards, by any means. Um, Jackson didn't run the ball like crazy. It wasn't a game where he carried 20 times. And I like that because I know I'm a little old school with this. To me, that's how you're going to win in January. You are not going to win against really good teams with him just taking a bunch of designed handoffs. He only carried seven times. He threw the ball 25 times. That needs to be the balance that they had. Now, look. If, if it, the game dictates it and calls for it and he needs to run a little bit more, fine. But that can't be every single week. You've got to win in a more structured way. They were able to do that. Three touchdowns, 11 yards in attempt for Jackson. He was great. Um, I think you've got to be really – if you're a Baltimore fan, I mean, you, let's just call it what it is. You beat the hell out of Cleveland. That game was a comical, comical showing. Well, like I said, we'll get a little bit more into Baltimore and Kansas City in a minute. Um, but the Ravens – yeah, I, I thought I thought everything went well for them. Um, and for the Browns, my God, it just never stops. It doesn't matter who the coach is, who who's on the field. It never and by the way, um Odell after the game, like you lost thirty eight to six, and he's joking around like slapping five on the field with a bunch of these guys after the game. It's just look, I get it. I know like I'm like the old man saying that, but it's it's a bad look, dude. Like you just got Pummeled. You, by the way, did nothing in the game. Absolutely nothing. Three catches, 22 yards, took a face mask penalty, dropped the critical third down pass, and and just yeah, whatever. Doesn't matter. Like it just it comes off horribly, even if that isn't the intention. 
So I, I, I think if you're the Ravens, you feel great. If you're a Browns fan, eh, not not feeling wonderful as you go into Thursday night against the Bengals in your home opener. Yeah, that's the only thing you can feel good about if you're a Browns fan is watching the Bengals today. Tough loss for Joe Burrow and company. Come on, man. Yeah. Kick a field goal. Don't blow out your calf. And uh, man, like pull the hammy halfway through it. It was. It, it was. It, it was an interesting end. He, he, Burrow missed some wide open receivers today, which I don't think he's. I mean, he like literally didn't miss one of those last year at LSU, which was yeah. kind of stunning. But whatever. First game, rookie year. Give the guy a break. Uh, back to uh, Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins. Could they be the number one combo in all of football this year, Verdam? What do you think of that comment? I think that's aggressive. <laughs> uh, but I think they could be very good. First of all, I think DeAndre Hopkins is the best receiver in the NFL. I do. I, I think he's fantastic. So do I think they're the best combination? No, because I think well, I like Murray a lot. They've got a, they've got a ways to go. I mean, Rodgers and Devontae Adams is a big one. Mahomes and Tyree Kill or Travis Kelsey, they're a couple of big ones. Um you know, Roethlisberger's healthy. Him and Juju be right up there. And God knows I'm forgetting some. You know, Dak and Amari. Um, so, no. You know, Breeze and Michael Thomas. But I but I think it's going to be a dynamic one. I think it's going to be fun. I think Hopkins is going to make Houston really regret that, that it traded him. I think that's going to happen if it hasn't already. I, I think that could be the coolest combo. How's that? I think that that combo is sure. just going to be a, a lot of fun. All right. Buffalo and the Jets, 27-17. Uh, Sam Darnold looked slow, bad, brutal. I was impressed with Josh Allen, but the Jets are, look straight awful. So week one is a time not to overreact. The Jets suck. Like, <laughs> out and out suck. There is no excuse for that crap fest that we saw up in Buffalo. I, I get Buffalo's more talented. The Bills are better. They're at home. Whether or not that matters a lot this year, like, I, look, they should win that game. They should win that game going away. And I'll, I'll tell you the truth. I was a little concerned about Buffalo. That, like, as a game wore on, they didn't really put the Jets away. That was a little bit concerning to me. Like, it was 21 nothing. The Jets couldn't have been any worse. And all of a sudden, it's 21 10. They're kind of hanging around. Like, but the, the Jets are pitiful. Just absolutely pitiful. Couldn't run the ball. Couldn't protect Darnold, who I've actually been fairly high on throughout his career. I've always thought he's got talent. The picks just never stop. It's just one bad decision after the next. And like at some juncture, you just have to stop making those decisions. And he doesn't. I don't know if it's on him, the coaching, whatever, but at some point it, it's just, it's going to land on him. So it was ugly. Uh, and the Jets right now, but I have any team this week, there are teams that maybe feel worse, like the Eagles who blow a lead, they never should have blown. But in terms of how they looked, the Jets looked worse than every team in the NFL. Yeah, I just want to throw some props at Buffalo's way. First of all, Stephon Diggs in his debut, eight catches for 86 yards. They looked like they were in sync. Allen, he ran it 14 times for 57 yards. He's a problem, man. The dude has some for for as big as he is, he's he's fairly elusive. I I give him I know that's not I'm not saying he's Lamar Jackson out there, no, but he's I, an athletic kid. He, I mean, he really, he can, he, yeah, there's, when he gets out of the pocket, there's a lot of options that can develop. And look, I, 33 of 46, couple of touchdowns. Granted, you're doing it against the Jets Stevens, but I, I thought it was a, if I'm a, a Bills fan, I'm feeling, I'm feeling pretty good tonight at the well, end of the listen, day. I, I, I agree. I mean, Allen, Allen's hard for me because there's always good and bad with him. Like he, 
he drew for 312 but he threw 46 times like 6.8 an attempt eh, it's okay it's not right you know, it's, it's pretty out i don't mind him running but he fumbled the ball away early twice in the game. twice yeah, yeah like it, like that kind of stuff like against the jets you get away with that that happens against new england you're losing and that's who you're gonna need to be so am i it, do, do i think it was promising yeah, promising feels like the right word for me, but I I don't look at the Bills and measure them against the Jets, which if you're a Bills fan, you should be happy about because, frankly, over the last handful of years, probably who you would measure them against. I'm measuring the Bills when they play real teams, when they play an actual team. Next week, they're in Miami. You know, they, they, they don't play an overly hard schedule early. Well, like they have week five, they're at Tennessee. Week six, they get the Chiefs at home on a Thursday night. Like Those are the games I'll be curious to see how it plays out. But for now, 1-0. You can build off. Well, just staying in the division for a second here before we get to the Bears. I mean, what was your read on the Patriots and Cam? Ho-hum. Uh, look, I know people are going to go crazy because it's Cam and, and it's fun to overreact. He threw for 155 yards. Like, he was fine. He ran for 75 and two touchdowns. My concern with Cam is he's had injuries, and if you're going to let Cam run the ball 15 times a game, that's not a recipe for a long-term successful plan. Like he, he eventually is going to get hurt. He's going to get banged up. Uh, I thought they were fine. Defensively, they were really good. They forced Fitzpatrick into three picks. They're going to have to win by running the ball, which they did today, 217 yards on the ground, three touchdowns, okay, over five yards of carry. That's how they're going to win, pounding the ball and playing defense. So I thought Cam was fine. Like I didn't think it was bad. I do think when they play better teams, he's going to have to throw for a lot more yardage. And, I, and this honestly isn't a referendum on him. They just have no receivers. I mean, you go look at – okay, they had five guys catch the ball today. Okay? Julian Edelman had five catches, okay? Nikhil Harry had five catches, 39 yards, and a fumble through the back of the end zone. Not great. James White, the running back, three carries, three uh, catches, 30 yards. Ryan Izzo, one catch, 25 yards. J.J. Taylor, one catch, four yards. That ain't that ain't screaming Super Bowl. Okay, but they won, and, and you move on. Admittedly, I did not see much of that game, just a couple of highlights, but just when I was looking at the I was notes, in and out. Yeah, and, and but like it seems to be like, oh, well, Belichick's got a plan here, and, and maybe he won't be able to make it through, but completion percentage up, yards up, win in the books. That's going to be interesting in, that, in, in the division there. 21-11, they beat the Dolphins. All right, let's do the Bears. Um, you kick this off. Thoughts? So I thought today was the absolute worst scenario for the Bears. Trubisky was so bad. It was the first three quarters. It was it was straight atrocious. And I'm like, okay, this is it. It is over. You've got to go to Foles after this game. This is this is disgusting. And then the guy, the Lions, uh, a, try to kick a 55-yard field goal and give the Bears good field position, which helped help them come back. Then you throw a pick, and somehow, some way, and Trubisky, give him credit, threw a beautiful dime to Anthony Miller, threw a nice pass to Javon Wims for another touchdown, and the fact that they – Matt Patricia is a complete and utter clown. But – so I, I just thought we might have had the end of Trubisky, and now he's, like, in there for at least two more weeks, maybe more, and that's just a disaster. He was so bad – but then he Trubisky, he he has this ability in the fourth quarter to to just get hot and look okay for a minute, and the Bears it makes him continue to buy in. It's it's really it was disgusting. I I I thought it was like the worst scenario that could have possibly happened. But they're one and zero, beat the Lions. Matt Patricia, you should be fired yesterday. 
so okay so i i really don't know how i can add much to it i agree a hundred percent with you i saw them down 23 to 6 and i i will tell you right now i don't watch one second of that game i was watching the packers and vikings the browns and ravens the dolphins and pats the bears and lions was not doing it for me i will watch it i as i always do i always go back throughout the week and i watch all the games so i will go back and watch but i have not watched the game other than just you know the highlight packages and whatnot um I was following along, though. Trubisky, from what I could see, was absolutely horrendous to the point I thought they might yank him at halftime. He was uh, so yeah. bad. He deserved to be yanked. They weren't like, going to do really it. I thought they might just go, you know what? Hell with it. Nick, warm up. And then he comes out, and they're down 23 6. And I see, like, my buddy, I'm sure your buddy, Jared Payton, tweeting, like, oh, this is rough to watch. Like, like for Jared to tweet that. The most, like, the, the mo- right, exactly. The most like the positive mo- the person most in the history of the world. Being alive, right? Like Jared's the nicest, happiest person you'll ever meet. And I was like, oh man, that's got to be rough. Like the, I, I'm gonna rewatch, but wow. And then I'm looking, and I'm just seeing people like kind of vaguely tweet about the game, like, oh my god, the Lions, like what's happening? And and then I just look and I see that they're down 27 to 23, and then and then DeAndre Swift looks like me trying to catch a pass. Oh, I didn't even I, you will never hear me say this. You'll never hear me say this again. I could have caught that pass. Like that ball, how he even managed it hit him in the gut. Like I, I don't know how he managed to drop that pass, but he did. It, it was it it that it, that one is never going to be let down. Matt Patricia, um, he's awful. He really is. Like we joke about the salt. He is awful, awful. Nine nine twenty three and one now. Jim Caldwell, by the way, was fired. He was he was nine and seven. Trubisky after the game, he said the Lions did a good job of mixing up coverages early. The Lions love playing man, and which is why Trubisky's had success against him because he can't read his own for the life of him. And he says, "quote When they got down to the wire, they're going to play what they trust the most, and that's man for them." And we knew that. So he just they just open. <laughs> he he knew that they were going to go back and do the Patricia. And all of a sudden, he took off. Matt Nagy, by the way, is five and zero against the Lions. Patricia's zero and five against the Bears. I mean, that's hard to do. It's it's look, it's time. But like they 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 had Trubisky. It was done. It was over. Probably I'm not, not the exit. But I, anyway. I have no interest in stealing a trope from somebody else. So I'm I'm giving full credit here. Bill Simmons, who I've, I've listened to forever since I was in college, is it? You know, he does great work, obviously, at the Ringer and. Every every year on on his pod, he'll go through like week after week, like which teams are can we just eliminate? And like I said, I'm not I'm not gonna steal that by any means, but I just wanted to say, in that spirit, you can take the Jets and the Lions and just throw them in a garbage can right now. I don't need to see one more. And the reason I say that is the coaching's just atrocious. You can't overcome that. You can I mean, maybe if you have the best roster in football, you can overcome that and make the playoffs. Those two teams do not have the best roster in football. You are not overcoming that. Matthew Stafford's a fine quarterback. But Matthew Stafford, and, and I like Stafford. You know, I, I like him a lot more than some other people do. That game, though, at the end is an example of why he never wins big game. Like, how do you throw a pick in that spot? Bad. You just Real bad. You cannot throw a pick. I, you I can't was, do it. it I was killing me. Trubisky the whole game on Twitter, and then I'm like, are the Lions going to freaking lie in here? So I tweeted it, and then we're going to miracle Mitch. The Lions became the fourth team, thank you to Warren at, at Sharp Football. The Lions became the fourth team since 2000. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. 
Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. Six to blow a 17-point lead entering the fourth quarter. Teams have been 779-3. and It's a 99.6% winning percentage in that span. 17-point lead going into the fourth. Last year, too, if you remember it, right, they were up 18 in the fourth on Kyler Murray and ended up in a tie. That was amazing, right? You remember that game? Yes. Yes, last last year. (laughs) Yeah, we won last year in the desert. I remember you having a meltdown watching it. Because it's just so bad. I mean, I don't think people understand, really. And I didn't even to the extent until I got into the business. I'm like, it's almost impossible on the NFL level to do that. Like, it really, like, you have to do so much wrong because these teams, you, like, okay, let's say the best team in the NFL is the Chiefs, okay? And the worst team is the Jets. The difference in talent between those two teams. Not much. Is not huge. Like it really isn't. Now, obviously, yes. By NFL standards, yes, it's as big as it can maybe get. But in reality, it's not a huge difference. Like it really isn't. That's why teams lose. It should never lose. Like, like the Eagles and, and the football team today. Let's be real. Washington's not as talented as Philadelphia, but the difference is so minute that when Wentz turns it over three times, you lose. Like, and, and so – to lose games like the Lions have, have, have lost under Patricia is just impossible. And to blow a lead like that, look, it's one thing you blow that lead to Aaron Rodgers. To Trubisky, oh, my God. that is, And you know they're winning next week to play in the Giants. They're going to be 2-0, and and Trubisky's in your life until Thanksgiving. So good luck to you. Exactly. Exactly. All right, let's, uh, let's move on. Let's go. Into the future we go. Is anybody – Going to compete with Kansas City and Baltimore in the AFC. Did you did you see anything today, Matt, that makes you think that somebody can get on that level? I'm going to reserve my judgment on Pittsburgh since they play on Monday night. We're recording this on Sunday night. Uh, outside of Pittsburgh, no, absolutely no. Like if if Week One is an indicator of what we're going to see going forward, there is nobody who's touching either one of those two teams. Zero. Like Buffalo, I respect, but Buffalo's not doing it. You know what the Chiefs and the Ravens would do to the Jets? It's a score that game. Well, we're going to find out, by the way, because the Jets come to Arrowhead, and I, and I believe it's like the first week of November. The Chiefs and the Ravens played what I think are going to prove to be average teams in Houston and Cleveland. They destroyed those teams. And those games weren't even competitive. I mean, you look at the, the Chiefs scoring to 34-20. to 20. That game was 31-7, to 7, and the Chiefs were just running off tackle for the last quarter of the game. It was a demolition by both those teams. I don't see anybody competing with them. Maybe Pittsburgh, we got to say. Yeah, I, I even without saying Pittsburgh, I'm going to say the answer is no for me. And uh, and I didn't even think the Chiefs particularly played great on Thursday night. And and they were down. Uh, they were down early, and it was like, oh, this game's over. I mean, it was just like. I'll tell you right now. I knew that game was over when the Chiefs converted when they were down seven nothing, and they converted on fourth and short at their own 34 yard line. They went down and scored. The Texans brought the ball back to midfield and had a fourth and three, and O'Brien punted that thing. The second he did that, I was like, this game is done. Because I knew, having watched Mahomes every second of his career, I knew they were going to score, which they did. And I knew the Chiefs were getting the ball out of the second half. And I knew by the time the Texans got their bearings, they were going to be down by a couple of scores, and they were. 
And before you know, and you know, I got to say this. I like Deshaun Watson a lot. I, I do. Actually, I ranked him third in my quarterback rankings coming into the season. He has got to get rid of the football. Like, he's got to get rid of the ball. Like, Houston doesn't do many favors. They get rid of Hopkins. The line stinks. But, but, but oh, my God. It's just – it's not it's not ideal. He has got to throw the ball quicker. And he has is, he is just completely allowed the opportunity for defenses to come in and hit him. And God knows Kansas City did that. They had four sacks. They probably could have him eight times. They hit him for an interception. But like, ultimately, to get back to the question, yeah, I think Kansas City and Baltimore, 1A, 1B. And what I was going to say earlier, I think it's funny. Going into the year, if there was one question about the Chiefs, it was could, could the Chiefs run the football? Well, Clyde Edwards-Alaire ran all over the place. Oh, and my then, God. And then, and then with Baltimore, the question was, well, can Jackson throw the ball from within the pocket? And, win? and Jackson looked great throwing the ball. So if those two teams have figured out those two weaknesses, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And they play week three on Monday night. I mean, I was sitting there watching. I'm like, you kidding me? They drafted this guy in the first round. He's better than anyone the Bears have. I mean, he's just he he, he looks he looked phenomenal, Clyde Edwards. That was a great if, pick. It's, if it's the early. Chiefs can run and the Ravens can throw, I it's it's over. Like, yeah. it's going to be week three. By the way, that game on Monday Night Football is going to be unbelievable. Those two teams. I mean, you want to talk about a heavyweight fight? It's going to be the Niners and the Cowboys in the '90s, just getting after it. And you pretty much look at those two teams, you're like, yeah, whoever wins is going to the Super Bowl because they're just so good. And I think that's kind of where we are with these two. Speaking of the Super Bowl, are we seeing a kind of incredibly a resurgent Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay? Rodgers in beating the Vikings uh, on, on the road. Uh, but 32 of 44, four touchdowns. That Minnesota defense is, is banged up up front, but yep. still super impressive uh, for – Aaron, to get, I mean, come on. This guy's uh, – and Devontae Adams had an enormous day, 14 catches for two, two touchdowns, 156 Crazy. yards. But yep. the Packers look good, man. They look great. And, I, and look, I'll, I'll try to be short here because I know we're already running uh, long on some of the segments. But, I look, I, I don't know if we're going to see a resurgence or not. It's one game. But, man, he, he looked pretty damn good against Minnesota. I watched a lot of that game, and it was one – Bomb after the next. <laughs> Scantling, Valdez Scantling dropped one that would have been like an 80 yard touchdown. And it just didn't even matter. Like he just was like, oh, that's fine. And it just drove him right down the field. The criticism with Rodgers and one I've had of him as well in recent years is he's gotten conservative, almost like he just doesn't want to throw a pick. So he'll he'll dump it off or he'll hold on to the ball forever. Against Minnesota, we'll see if it's a one off thing or not. He was flinging the ball down the field. And if he's doing that, yeah, you're going to see a resurgence because the talent's there. You know, the talent has always been there with Aaron Rodgers. It certainly was uh, on Sunday afternoon in Minnesota. Yeah, I look. I I had him as the dark horse MVP. You picked Jordan Love. I'm still believing in 36 year old Aaron Rodgers. So at resurgence, whatever word you want to call it, uh, I, I'm looking forward to a, a big, big year for from Aaron. Let's do. Uh, the Seahawks, uh, do we believe that they are the early NFC favorites? Um, and I, you know, you got Philly losing, you got the Niners losing, but right. don't forget about those Packers, Vertoran, we were just talking I about. I was say, I got to tell yeah. you that the Packers are pretty damn good, but I I would say slightly yes. I, I do think that they probably are the real early favorite, and God knows that'll change 8,000 times. So coming into the season, I did the power rankings, I had them fifth overall 
behind New Orleans and San Francisco. Well, San Francisco lost at home to, a, to an exciting Cardinals team, but I still think a team that has some growing to do. New Orleans, Breeze looked every bit of 41 years old. Um, so, look, Seattle looked terrific. Wilson, 31 to 35. They ran up a million points on the Falcons. Am I concerned that they gave up 500 yards? Uh, yeah, a little, although a lot of that was garbage time, or at least a good chunk of it was. But, yeah, Seattle, the, the question you have with Seattle is the trenches. But they look pretty They look pretty good. They get New England next weekend uh, in Seattle Sunday night. That'll be a fascinating game to watch. Words from Carm. Don't overact. Week one as I get stark in here again. Unbelievable. Um, but yes, sure. The Seahawks, well, yeah. the, the I, favorite. I will I'll allow you to turn your lights back on. They've, they've gone off on you. Um, I, I, your studio, they're trying to shut you down. Um, Seattle, they're going to score points. You know, you always wonder with them, with, with the way that the, the offense is under Pete Carroll and Brian Schottenheimer, if they're going to, if they're going to be conservative, uh, they weren't today, 31 to 35. Again. I mean, you're a huge game, 300 plus yards for Wilson, bunch of touchdowns. Uh, connected all over the place with Metcalf. That that looks that looks like one of the better connections in the NFL. We talked about Murray and Hopkins earlier. So I I think right now one weekend, yeah. But of course, like you just said, it's so true. I mean, we're we're talking one week. It's fluid. Yeah. But yes, they certainly look the part of a team that's going to contend. I I do think it's going to be a challenging year for the Niners, but we 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 shall see. And in New Orleans, uh, I, I I don't know, I don't know. It's uh it's early. It's early. I'm going to remind myself it's early. One week. Joe Burrow will be a star in Cincinnati. Didn't get a win today, but had him in position to win, and had but did have some errant throws, as we mentioned earlier. What do you think? I actually watched a lot of this game while I was also watching Tampa, New Orleans, and a little of Arizona and San Francisco. The numbers don't jump out. 193 yards, five and a half yards in attempt, a pick. I really, though, I thought Burrow did some things I really like. He's got some mobility to him. Yep. And I'll tell you one thing that to me is a, is the number one thing with young quarterbacks. He stood in the pocket. He was they had a ferocious rush all game, and he sat in there like a, and he took it like a prize fighter. He stood in there and took some shots. And I think you know you see so many young kids they want to get the hell out of there. They don't want to get hit. They're skittish. He stayed on time. He threw some really nice balls. Drove him right down the field late. I was impressed by Burrow. I know the numbers aren't great, and you said at the top of the show, he did miss some wide-open receivers. But to me, he will not continue to do that. that that's not, I'm not worried about that long-term. Like, I, think, I think that'll be fine. He's going to hit wide-open receivers. Every quarterback in the league does. The things that you can't teach, the poise in the pocket, the understanding of when to run, some of the mobility that he showed, obviously ran for touchdown. Those are the things I look at that and go, you, that's a lot to work with. You can you can work with it. I think I think Burrow's going to be very good in Cincinnati. I'm all in on Burrow, man. I'm, it's going to be the greatest thing that happened in Cincinnati since Pete Rose and or Eric Davis and or Barry Larkin and or the Icky Shuffle and or Boomer. I I, I I'm I'm I think on and off the field, he's going to be. A, I mean, I love what he does in the community, and uh, I don't know what happened on the balls that he missed today. Like one of them, I mean. I forget what there was who which receiver it was, but he was he was standing by himself in the end zone. Missed him by 15 yards. I, I don't. I, I'd have to listen to his post game as to what exactly happened there. But I, I'm I'm in, and he looked like I, what I judge on when somebody when they right get in the league. How big does he look on the field? Like in foot, you know, in college they look enormous, and you get in the NFL field, sometimes they look real tiny. Burrow, he looked the part. So yeah, he did. You know, so that that matters. All right, in or, or at least it matters to me. In or out. 
we've got uh, four of them for you today, as per always. The Jets and the Lions will have new coaches by Thanksgiving, in or out? I'm out, but I, sh- I want to be in. I really want to be in. They, they could fire those two guys tonight, and it'd be fine. But those franchises are those franchises for a reason, and I think they'll just sit there and deal with it all year long. They shouldn't, but I think they will. So I'm out, even though – I will say this. I think there's a better chance Patricia's gone. New ownership – New ownership tends to have a quicker trigger because they're trying to put their stamp on things. So I think there's a, and, and he's been there longer. So I think there's a better chance that they just move on from Patricia. But I'm still going to say out. I still think they'll both get the full year, and I think they'll get run the second it's over. I'll be in. What the hell? We'll have a major. Patricia's out in week four. Gase is out in week seven. That'd be amazing. <laughs> it would be- barely makes it to October. I mean, I don't know, there's a lot of heat on Matt Patricia right now. And and, and New York and New York is New York. So I'll I'll be in on it. Josh Allen makes the Pro Bowl this season, in or out. I I oh, think wow. I think I'm I think I'm in. And I, I <laughs> because I I thought about this and was like, I don't know who else will make it. You got Mahomes and Jackson, who I think are the two just Put him in, in in ink right now. Big Ben's gonna have a big year, Matt. Well, right. Like, but if my problem with it is Ben gets hurt a lot. So and he's coming off elbow surgery at 38. And if he doesn't do it, like who else is doing it? Maybe Cam, like Deshaun uh, Watson, but God man, he he's gonna take a brutal beating behind that line. And Allen will put up yardage. Like that is one thing with him, I think, this year. They're gonna use him to to the hilt. They're gonna get a lot of volume out of Josh Allen. So I don't know that like the average numbers are going to be great and the completion numbers are going to be great, but I think he's going to throw the ball a gazillion times and he's going to run when he's not throwing. So I'll say in, but I think it's one of those things where you're like, what? But I think by necessity, he might make it. Uh, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to f- make sure we remember this moment at the end of the year. I'll go out on that one. Uh, I keep on hearing that, that Ben is, looks phenomenal so much Ben love that and then it's just and I like what I saw from Allen today but which makes me actually want to be in but I'll just just to uh be against the Verderam for a moment I'll I'll, I'll go against Josh because I don't know you 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 you, made, you got me you got me twisted a little around on his on the fumble situation which was not good the first fumble that he had today he literally was like he's just lateral the two to the Jets which, which he did by the way in a playoff game last year yeah he uh, just randomly just threw the ball into the middle of the field I, yeah it wasn't good at the end of the day though I like Allen I, I but I'll keep him out of the Pro Bowl Tom Brady proves to be washed in or out I'm gonna say I'm 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 out on this by the way I, I think Brady will have a decent year um even though a lot of people don't think he is I I, I think you're in on this one aren't you I'm actually not. I'm out because I don't I, – washed is a strong word. And I, Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. 
think you're going to hear that from a lot of people. I don't think he's washed. I think he's going to be closer to average than great. I think he's going to be solid this year. And I think solid is going to be disappointing for a lot of Buccaneers fans, including one Josh Hill who we work with. There's an expectation, well, hey, they host Super Bowl. They might be the first team ever to play in the Super Bowl they host. I I don't think that's happening. Neither I, do I. I, I just don't, and, I, and to be fair, I didn't think that before this week either. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. I think I think he's okay. I think he's good. He's like the you know twelfth best quarterback in the NFL. I just I don't think he's going to be rare air. He you can't stop him, Tom Brady. We'll find out. Yeah, and admittedly, I I did not watch that game other than the thirteen minute YouTube uh, breakdown every play of it. And for what what I saw, he looked fine. Um, so I, I I think I'll have a decent year. But maybe I'll, I'll reserve judgment when I watch the whole thing this week. All right. Uh, Minnesota bounces back next week in Indy, in or out. So I put this on there because I think this is a really interesting game next week. And I know we'll, we'll look ahead because now we're doing two Stack in the Box podcasts every week. By the way, we'll have one up on Wednesday afternoon as well. If you haven't already, subscribe, leave a rating, leave a review for Stack in the Box, please, and thank you. Um, but look, Minnesota, that game at Indianapolis – that's kind of a big game early in the year for both those teams that had hopes coming into the year. Whoever loses is 0-2. I'm going to say I'm in on this. I think Minnesota will bounce back and win. Indianapolis was awful against Jacksonville. And, and you know what? It's a weird thing to say because the, the Colts never punted the ball, but they scored 20 points. Their kicking game was a mess. Their defense forced one incompletion. I mean, who in God's name on Jacksonville is even a receiver? Like DJ Chark, LaVisca Chenault, who, who I've been told by some people in the league is going to have a big year. I mean, hey, that's all fine and well, but holy hell. Like you, couldn't, you couldn't cover that group? Are you kidding me? And, and now you're going to get Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and Kyle Rudolph and Dalvin Cook. So, yeah, I'm in. I, I actually I like the Vikings in that spot, and I think the Colts, like they got the full Phillip Rivers experience today. A whole bunch of yards, a whole bunch of hope, and then a couple of mind-numbing interceptions to cost you the game. It would be vintage NFL. You lose to Jacksonville, and you come back the next week, and you beat Minnesota. The Vikings are uh, then the Vikings are zero and two. But I'm in on Minnesota bouncing back. I'm with you on this one, Matt. Let's, I, I think Minnesota gets a win, and Indy starts out the season. Oh, I'm I'm writing off the Colts. By the way, a lot of people were like the Colts wow. were kind of like a sexy pick. I I not. I'm done. What you you lost to Jacksonville? I know it's week one, but you're, everything you're saying about Rivers and and like, what I mean, was he what what team was he jumping on here? I I don't. In, well, I'll tell you what, too. By the way, not to cut you off. Yeah. That loss, like you'll say, it's Jacksonville's week one. It's a battle, and the same goes for Philadelphia, by the way, and, and potentially San Francisco. Okay, which we, we all talked about at the top of the show here. Three biggest upsets of the week. Those are all divisional losses. And all those teams figure, at least in my opinion, to be fighting for the division title. Like Those are the kinds of losses that the team you're fighting with probably will not have. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, well, why why'd you lose a division? Well, we went 3-3 three and three in the division, and Tennessee went 4-2 and because they swept Jacksonville. You know, people are always like, oh, it's week one. It's football. This isn't baseball where like the month of April is basically warming up. Like it, it, it matters. That's a horrible loss for Indianapolis. 
Seven, seven and the, the only reason why I walk myself back on this is because seven and nine could win the AFC South. I mean, really, it could. I, I don't think Tennessee's having a losing record. No, I right. I I think the Titans are the only team though that I have any confidence in that they would add that they'll be at nine and seven plus. Do you think they so, beat Denver tomorrow night? Uh, yeah, I do. I do, I do too. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, I like Tennessee, but but if the so, but if the Titans have an off year, I mean, I don't. Jack, the Texans are over five hundred. The Colts are over five hundred. The, by the way, ain't happening. And we can wrap up here. The Texans they already played at Kansas City. Their next three games. Home to Baltimore at Pittsburgh, home to Minnesota. Good luck. Yep, it's going to be trouble in Houston this year. All right, what's going on in your life, Matt Bertram? I hear uh, big things are happening on the home front. Uh, The queen, queen, Maisie. She's turning uh, in two weeks from today. She's turning three years old. I cannot believe it. But today, my wife and I took apart her crib, and she moved into a big girl bed. So – my wife, I think it was a little emotional for her. I, I just thought it was great because now I don't have to go in and get her out of the crib every morning. Now she can just get up and come wake me up and start screaming at me. But uh, uh, it was it was cool. It was it was weird. It was weird. I was carrying the you know the crib, take it apart, put it in the basement. You know, I'm sure it'll come back up in the next year to two years for our next kid. But uh, it was. Uh, it was funny. You know, Maisie walked in. She's like, "Oh, like call, call all my, you know, call my grandparents." Essentially, call all my grandparents. You like, gotta show them my big girl bed. Okay. So okay. she's fired up. She's fired up for the. Yep, it was Steph's childhood bed. Her her parents brought it over. They oh. live across town. So. Aww. Yes, she's fired up. She got all her Disney sheets. Came in the mail like right as the bed came, and <laughs> slapped those all on there, and she's all set up. I thought for sure she wouldn't go to sleep tonight. She'd just be out of that bed walking around. Not a peep. Went right to bed. It's a good kid. How much were the Disney sheets? Oh, God. 65 <laughs> bucks. Something like that. They're pretty soft. That's pretty a, soft. Okay, got, okay. 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 Got her a mattress pad. She's going to sleep better than I will. Well, that's not true. I, I'll tell you what. When we moved into this house, Steph was adamant that we get the king-size bed. And I was adamant that we got the the uh, eye comfort mattress. And I'll tell you what, it was the right move. I never looked back. Good job. Way Good to fun. go. Uh, congratulations to Maisie. I'm trying to think if there's anything going on in my I was life. Say, what's going on in your life? Yeah, Other not than much. Trubisky is going to be in it for a while. Trubisky. Uh, I'll, well, I'll tell you. You know, in my in my in my radio world over here, you know, I do a lot with the White Sox, and uh, so we're sticking around. That stuff. I the, the White Sox are thirty and sixteen for the Rams. Best record in the American League. I know it. I know. I, obviously, as, as you know, I'm an Oakland A's fan, and uh, yeah, I've one looking, game better than the A's. Yeah, I've been looking at the White Sox. Yeah, it's interesting. Somebody mentioned the, the White Sox twenty and three against Kansas City, Detroit, and Pittsburgh. Right? And, and and people say that like it's a bad thing. Give them credit. Like yeah. they are pummeling bad teams now. Yeah. How does it translate in the playoffs? I don't know. But you know what? They got they got a lot of talent on that team. I think between them, Tampa, Oakland, Minnesota, it's, it's a lot of it's a lot of firepower at the top of the AL. Yeah, I they, they finished up against the Tigers today, nine and one, and it's kind of what's going on in my life is kind of lame that I'm going to other work life. But uh, the the wife was actually away this weekend. She was um, up in Door County. I wasn't invited. Three uh, two Door of her girls. Nice. 
Yeah. You know, two of her girlfriends from high school, three of her guy friends. Who the hell knows what happened up there? What, hap- what's, <laughs> what happens What happens in Door County stays in Door County. I'm not getting any dibs. But I'm a trusting guy. So there, there we go. Uh, all right. So Wednesday, we'll be recording. Again, uh, you ready for the weekend? A little more fallout from, from uh, week one. Get some Monday night action in there uh, as well, I assume. Good to be with you today, Matt. I hope everybody enjoyed their week one experience, if, especially I know you enjoyed it more if your team came out on top, but a uh, long way to go if you didn't stay positive. We will talk to you on Wednesday. And again, as Matt said, like, subscribe, give a rating. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Stack in the Box. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.